You're listening to How To 20-something, the only podcast that helps both men and women navigate their 20s and learn how to adult across all aspects of their lives. We're going to be focusing on career, relationships, finances, fitness, nutrition, and all of the common challenges and obstacles a typical 20-something will face in this post-college life and what to do about it. I'm your host, Just Diamond, and I'm the CEO and founder of Just Diamond Coaching, where I help young professionals get their shit together, gain their confidence, and own their life. No one prepares you for this adulting world, so allow me to help you feel like you are no longer a chicken running around with its head cut off, and that you actually know what the hell is going on and what your next step to take is. Welcome to How To 20-something. Welcome back to How To 20-something. Today, I've brought on a guest to give you some insight on the male perspective when it comes to personal growth and your relationships, as well as dating and feeling stable and secure in multiple aspects of your life prior to hopping into a relationship, and some golden nuggets for any man wanting to establish a solid life for himself. Kaylin and I actually met through one of my clients and decided we should partner up and do a podcast exchange, so here he is on mine, and you can find me on his podcast called What Men Hear which will be linked in the show notes. But before we dive into our content, I'm going to introduce you all to who you'll be listening to today. Kaylin Adams is a mechanical engineer with a passion for personal fulfillment who is known for his problem-solving skills and unwavering attention to detail. He has nine years of experience in engineering with specialty in HVAC, appliances, and wastewater, and has always been curious about how and why things work. Kaylin was raised in Aiken, South Carolina, and now lives in Charlotte. He does engineering by day and is a landlord on two properties by night and hosts his own podcast, as I mentioned, What Men Hear in his free time. Outside of all of that, Kaylin enjoys traveling, being a foodie, biking, reading, and playing Call of Duty. Kaylin has a lot of hats, but he is living his life to the fullest, and I'm so happy to welcome him to the show and get a male perspective on life, growth, and relationships. Hi, Kaylin. Thanks for coming on How To 20-something. Hey, how are you? That was a phenomenal intro. I was like, dang, you kind of sound... I have really done a lot. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot going on. And like I said, you wear a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. But for the purpose of today's episode, I really want to focus on your love for personal growth and the role that plays in your relationships. So with that in mind, how have you seen yourself and your relationships grow or solidify over the last decade? Um, I'll speak to like a couple pillars. Basically, 10 years ago, I was 21 in college about to graduate. Because I graduated in uh, fall 2013, but I've grown in a, a lot in like the different major like aspects. Like when it comes to health, like back in the day, I used my Sam Club's membership to like go buy um, Sour Patch straws and like Hot Pockets. But now like I use it to buy like gluten free type stuff. I'm very like conscientious about like different products and stuff that I buy. Like I scan a lot of stuff with the Yuka app, like the barcode to just check like the rating and stuff like that. So that's one thing with like health and now I run like 5Ks and stuff. I mean, I ran track and stuff in college for a little bit and in high school, but I really got in shape post pandemic and mountain biking. I'm a mountain bike ride a lot. Um, let's see, mentally and personally, I've been in therapy for about four years now. Um, I journal, I read a lot. Um, I went back to school and got a second degree um, in engineering management from ODU. Let's see. Oh, I volunteer. I track. I coach track and field for a while, my old high school for about two years. Financially, um, I'm, I mean, I'm invested in stocks, so like 401ks and stuff like that. Um, the two rental properties and podcasting, that's kind of like my side business now. Um, career-wise, I've touched three different industries. I was in like nuclear, um, HVAC type stuff, 
Um, I've been sent out of the country to work on like different projects and stuff like that. And uh, relationships, majority of my friends I've had since college. Um, I picked up a couple along the way, building connections with coworkers and stuff like that. So I've I've definitely grown a lot and matured a lot and acquired a lot in those 10 years. Can you elaborate on the ways that you've matured and some of the shifts that you've made either mentally or behaviorally that has influenced the way that you show up in your relationships? I would say mindset, um, definitely therapy. Like instead of respond, well, I think it's like reacting, I respond now. It's like something happens. I don't immediately just fly off the hinges or like just say whatever comes to my mind. I sit, I absorb it. I look at it from like both sides and then I compare and reflect on how it impacts kind of like my core values. And that's how I go about like making decisions and stuff like that. I'm very like well thought out with things that I do. Behavior. I think that is a behavior change, I would say. like, like th- That's one thing that's been pretty key in how I pretty much process everything now. Yeah. So your approach to everything and your reactions to it has influence the way you can foster relationships because now instead of being reactive and maybe like blowing up on someone you're able to check in with yourself and see hey what was this person's intention or how do I want to be seen in their eyes and then respond accordingly and it helps kind of keep the peace in your different types of relationships whether that's friendships or partnerships or like as a landlord your tenants as a if you have a girlfriend, like your girlfriend, so anything along those lines, it's really going to impact the way that you show up because it's yeah. it's all you. It's on you of how you respond, how you react to things, and that's going to influence how the other person perceives you and also responds or reacts. Yeah, because everybody has their own intentions and things that they're going through. So to better kind of like understand or communicate, it's, it's really important that you actually put yourself in the other person's shoes, not just like, oh, yeah, I'm right. Well, why does this person think they're right? It just comes down to like everybody has their own perspective and to kind of like encourage like empathy, you really have to understand somebody else's perspective. Yeah, and if I know anything about human minds is we all think we're right. Yeah. And we'll all try and, well, not even try, we do. We create stories to fill in the blanks of anything we don't know of like, well, this person was probably thinking this or this person did this because of this. When you actually, if, unless you ask that person directly, you don't know. you're not going to know. You're yeah. just going to create something based off of your history or patterns you've seen in the past and connect the dots that way when that alone can kind of hurt some relationships that you have. Yeah. All right. What In what ways do you think love and personal development are interconnected? Um, I think they go hand in hand because the more work I've done on myself, the higher quality people I attract and kind of like resonate with. And as a result of that, I've just had better outcomes in life in general. So I I think that's, yeah, they go hand in hand. They really go hand in hand. Have there been people that you've had to let go along the way of like, hey, you might be holding me back and I want to pursue a greater part of my life and have acted accordingly? Yeah, that's that's a part of uh, growth because everybody doesn't really grow at the same rate. Like I'm I don't really keep up with some of the friends I was friends with in high school. Some of them I do. It's because you have to like learn how to develop or manage a relationship over time because we all going through different life cycles and stuff like that. So the, the other person has to be understanding like, hey, this is my journey. This is where I'm leading off. It's not anything personal against you. It's just always for my own personal growth. 
Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I when I was breaking up with my ex, I had told him it was like it's not just because I'm growing and you're not because you, we do. We all grow at different rates, either based on what's happening, whether we're forced to grow or we want to grow because there's two different times that that would happen. But it's more so that the person I was becoming was no longer aligning with the person that he was. And I think that really that happens with friendships, too. That happens in any part of relationships that you're trying to develop or leave behind, knowing that some people might be holding you back, whether they mean to or not. Most of the time, they're not going to mean to. They don't mean harm. Yeah, yeah, but they but you need to know that for yourself of it's not that we have conflicts. It's not that we're not working out. It's not that you're a bad person. It's just you're not who I want to carry with me into this next phase of my life. We have different life trajectories. Yeah. yeah. And that comes back to values. That, come back, that comes back to goals. That comes back to aspirations. Like it comes back to what you want for your life because this is your life. Yeah. You only get one. Yeah. It's, I mean, we're all the main characters of our own lives. So don't think like it's like that other person that you are maybe like shutting off away from. They're the main character in their life. Yeah. They're going to be fine. They're going to act accordingly to what they believe and what they think is right. And like, basically, you do you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Can you share any personal experiences where a romantic relationship contributed to your personal growth or vice versa? Maybe if you contributed to someone else's personal growth? I would probably say a personal experience. How I ended up in therapy is, is pretty funny. So I was saying this one girl. And this is kind of like on the beginning of the wave of social media being flooded by narcissism and stuff like that. And so she kept telling me like, oh, you're a narcissist. You're a narcissist. I was like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And I was like, I'll go to a therapist to prove. So I did some research, uh, found uh, Dr. Gene Edwards. He's actually been on my podcast. Reached out to him. This is yes, about four years ago in August 2019. And so I go in there. And in the first five minutes, I, you know what I'm saying? I explained like, my girlfriend thinks I'm a narcissist. I don't think I am. And he just cuts me off. He's like, yeah, you're not a narcissist. Like, there's, I think only like one to 3% of the population are actually narcissists. But we actually, we people do have narcissistic tendencies, but that doesn't mean you're an actual narcissist. But ever since then, I was like, oh, I, I had a really good time. And I had the thought, I'm, I'm very like continuous improvement just from like work and stuff like that. But we go to the dentist to get cleanings. We go get annual physicals. What do we do for our mental health? So I was like, I really like this. I've been going once a month for the last four years. Wow. That's, yeah. It's important. I think a lot of men more, more now, more than recently, have been seeking out that kind of help, whether it's with a therapist, whether it's with a life coach, depending on what your needs are. And yeah. it's important. It is crucial to your mental health, to your own self-care, to your own well-being. It's... What have been some of your biggest takeaways from therapy? I would say my core values. My core values, I think the test is like who you are at your best. How do you make tough decisions? And I can't remember the third one, but I know my core values are generosity, um, wisdom, and like personal self-fulfillment. So it's like, that's how I make a lot of my decisions when it comes to who I want to surround myself with what goals do I want to achieve what tasks do I want to take on at work I just make sure everything is in, in the line with my core values and does it feel right yeah I love that you mentioned values because uh, I so full disclosure I don't know when this episode is coming out we're, we're throwing things out of order a little bit <laughs> but episode 21 talks about dating in your 20s and I bring up core values mm -hmm. and your qualities like 
the qualities that you look for in yourself, the values you have in yourself, and how does that align with someone that you are looking to develop a relationship with? Yeah. Yeah, they're important. Not just hearing it from me, but you're hearing it from someone who learned it from therapy. (laughs) (laughs) And then how would you handle, so you said like part of what you said was values help you make your decisions. And it's how you've also mentioned how you respond to things. How do you handle setbacks or heartbreaks in relationships and how has that determined or influenced your personal development? I think most people can identify, well, I can, I can look back on like my younger years. So in my younger stages of life, when breakups will happen, I was like, oh, this is a waste of time. I put in all this effort, all this energy, but I have nothing to show for it. And so now I don't look at misfortune or endings of things that way. I look at them as a learning opportunity. So it's, a time for me to reflect on like, what did I like? What did I not like? Uh, what caused certain things to happen? How can I take the lessons that I learned from this loss or, or failure and apply it so I will have success in the future? So I look at it as like opportunities. I don't look at it as like the cup half empty. I look at everything as like the cup half full. Would you say, because I think we all try to look at it that way. I definitely try to teach myself that. I try to teach my clients that. But while you're going through the thick of it, mm-hmm. you're just down. It's hard. Yeah. How do you do you honestly stay in that headspace of like, no, this is an opportunity? Or are you like, damn, this sucks. This sucks so much. But and then give it. So it's like a both and kind of situation. How do you navigate that type of territory when you are just really feeling down? You just have to know that it takes time to have a different perspective. So yet we're emotional creatures. We're human. So you you go through the motions, you're sad, you're depressed. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to get out. But there's a turning point where you make that switch for the better. And when you have that clear mind space, that's when you can see the lessons. Because it's hard looking at it so close up to everything. You can't see the whole picture. So once you've had time to like let everything process and you step back and like, oh, I didn't realize this and oh, this is why I do this and I don't really like this. And this is probably why because it's tied to how I grew up or something like that. So it's really just time. Yeah. And I would say an awareness. Of yeah. You need to know your patterns. You need to know how you're showing up. You need to be able to evaluate the situation after the fact to be like, where can I improve? Where did I go wrong? What could I do better? Or something I've experienced recently is I notice those improvements, I put them into place and I'm like, that's exactly how I would tell a client to handle this situation. That's exactly what I would do for myself. I'm actually, I don't have any regrets as to how this happened. Do I wish things happened differently? Of course. The outcome might not be as desirable as I hoped, but that's also part of life. And it's knowing, did you put your best foot forward? Are you growing from this situation or is it holding you back? Is it keeping you kind of in your own little corner, hiding out? And how can you move on? And that's really the big part of personal growth is continuing to grow, continuing to move forward. I think that's one of the greatest things about journaling is you can document all those different changes and just going back like a couple of years or a year, you can see like, oh yeah, I'm a completely different person. Oh yeah. yeah. It is also like if you journal, I journal, I have a COVID journal that I still keep up with and and I've told you about this. But I'll go back and read entries from 2020 and I see how I'm and I'm fully just I'm not trying to grow in that period. I mean, I technically was unexpectedly, but I was really just venting and I was documenting everything. So it's 
reading back and seeing how I was showing up in those relationships and knowing that there was a large immature side of me that was there and how I've matured over these like last three and a half years alone and knowing, hey, if a lot has happened, a lot has happened in the last three and a half years of my life. Like, just think what the next three and a half can hold as well. The continuous growth that happens, the continuous relationships that will form and break the just everything that keeps pushing you to become the next person that you're going to be your next evolution. And that's the, the other uh, like added bonus is like you have the blueprint of like certain issues and how you fix them. So if a friend comes and asks like, oh, well, how did you deal with this? I was like, hey, I got a journal. This is what I did. This is how I felt. This is what I did. And this is the outcome that I like achieved. So, yeah. And I mean, as a coach, it's I don't bring in my own. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I do say I, I asked, I was like, what can you do differently? What are some things that you're proud of? What, are, what would you repeat again? And what are you like, hey, this is something I need to shift my mindset around, or this is something I want to improve on for the next time this happens. And I really help them to get to that point of your life is very cyclical. It comes in the same patterns. And once you recognize where your patterns are, if you don't like the outcomes that are happening, I help you achieve achieve a different outcomes. Yeah, it's a theme. It's a recurring what keeps happening that has brought you to the same place over and over again and then these are the steps to get out of it. Not based on my own experiences. Sometimes I will to make someone feel better. Be like, yeah. hey, I have gone through something similar. And I've worked with coaches where they've gone through something similar. And I've straight up asked them, how did you handle this? I need to know what you did. And if I like it, I might try it for myself. And if I don't like it, we're going to brainstorm what else we can do. Yeah. Okay. So I say many times over and over again that this time in our lives, being in our 20s, being young professionals, maybe even early 30s is full of changes. And with that is a lot of self-discovery and growth. How do you stay true to yourself while also trying to foster new connections and maintain old ones? Okay, it's coming back to me. Yeah. Using balance to like make sure how I feel and what I think are in alignment. And it goes back to my three core values. I remember what it is. So it's like, what best describes you is my personal fulfillment. Who are you at your best? Uh, and it's generosity. And what is my filter when making hard decisions? So wisdom. So I go back and look at things that I've experienced. I go read books, listen to podcasts, watch movies, listen to TV shows, stuff like that. And I run whatever I'm going through, through the knowledge that I have. And sometimes I'll reach out to other people who I've known who've experienced things. My parents, my sibling, friends, family, everything. Would you say boundaries play a role in being able to stay true to yourself? So if there's new connections that you're fostering, it's like you need to consistently see them to allow these relationships to flourish and grow. But there's also comes to a point where knowing where you need to say no to certain things to protect yourself, your happiness, your energy, anything along those lines. And that's where boundaries come in. So how have boundaries played this role when you're building and maintaining relationships? Yeah. If anything goes against my core values, that's a hard boundary because those values are who I am as a person and how I operate and view the world. So like for generosity, like I'm a very generous person, but you have to be very mindful because there are people who will take advantage of you. So it comes down to learning like, Yes, I'm a general generous person, but how does it feel when I'm helping this person? Do I feel like I'm being poured back into or do I feel like I'm overextending myself? 
if I feel like I'm overextending myself, that I've passed my boundary. But if I feel still good and fulfilled, then I'm within my personal boundary. So that's how I kind of like gauge things. No, I, I love that because it's not boundaries. I think there's a, a negative connotation to boundaries a lot of times. And it's you can't cross this line. But it's also the other side of are you providing it for me too? So the fact that you were like, if I'm, I love being a generous person. I know people that love being generous as well and love to give. And then they realize like these people that they are giving to only keep taking and they're not giving back in whatever way. It doesn't have to be dollar for dollar, but it could be like insight for a cup of coffee. Or I had a friend in college who would buy drinks for everybody because he came for money and we were all broke college kids. And I mean, we didn't know that at first that he came for money. So it would always be like, feel really bad no matter what. Even once I knew I always felt really bad accepting it. But there were other people that we would go out with that would be like, oh, make sure he's coming out with us, too, because he'll buy all of our drinks for us. And it's like, that's not the same thing. That's not a relationship or a friendship you want to maintain because those are the type of people that are just going to keep taking from you. And that's where you have to put yourself first of how is my cup getting filled back? Yeah. All right. And then what are some lessons that you've learned in your 20s, maybe some hard lessons that you can help someone listening try to avoid? I would say the number one thing is to get a mentor to avoid or minimize making mistakes because they've achieved kind of like what you want and they already have the roadmap so they can prevent you from like making like certain mistakes and it'll actually help you uh, time wise on achieving those goals. So whether it be a person or a book, like find somebody who's where you want to be and copy their blueprint so you don't have to make the same mistakes over and over again. I actually want to disagree a little bit. Really? Yes. Oh, I like it. Because I was it was in a book that I was reading and I was like, this is so true. If everything seems easy, if you know exactly where you're going in life, like to a T, you have it all planned out it's because you're following someone else's blueprint. So I think I love the like getting a mentor. I think that, I mean, that's what I do. I am a mentor. That is what a life coach is. But it's more so to get you to think for yourself to pave your own path. It's not to follow in someone else's footsteps. It's to make your own mark. I agree with you because it's kind of like, yes, they are where I want to be, but you can't copy everything verbatim. You take what you like and you run with it and stuff that doesn't serve you, you just forget about it or don't use it. So Yeah. And it does yeah. it does help you to work with someone else to not keep making the same mistakes as we uh just mentioned that it's all cyclical and it's all patterns. So it's like breaking those patterns, breaking those habits. And that's where having someone else, even to just like bounce your thoughts off of and getting someone who like only their best interest is for you to succeed. Cause that's what I tell my clients. I'm like, I want you to succeed so badly, I almost feel selfish about it. Yeah. Because I feel really good when you feel really good. Yeah. And because I've helped you get to that point. But it's not necessarily a blueprint that we follow because there is no one exact way to do life. I think there's good ways, there's better ways, but you're not failing at life. You're figuring it out along the way. And it you get to where you want to go faster, as you were saying, when you do work with someone else. Yeah. Like a guy just having a life guide or mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a tour guide, tour mm-hmm. guide for your own life. You're still yeah. gonna see all the scenes. <laughs> You're gonna do what you do, but yeah. it's 
going to be a lot easier. You're not going to take the hardest path to get to the top of the mountain because the guide has already yeah. mapped out every way to go. Yeah. In terms of personally, actually, I want to backtrack. How have these lessons that you've learned helped you to show up differently today? So maybe some of going back to like your own growth and the your own encounters and your relationships mm-hmm. and your experiences. How has this changed who you are today from where you were at in your 20s? As of today, I would give uh, kudos to my mentor. One thing I use now, well, I always had like an agenda and stuff like that. That's how I say it, organized. Like I would write everything down. But now I do it completely digital. When I'm hanging out with friends, when I uh, should shower, when I should start reading, everything is documented in my calendar. Like that's how I can book when I'm free to record podcasts and I get like the alerts on my phone. So that's one thing I would say that has really changed how I show up when it comes to like being on time or later, making future plans, or I can't commit to that because I haven't gave enough time to myself this week. Like I'll go back and audit, well, how much did I sleep? How much did I spend uh, with friends and family? How much did I spend on achieving my personal goals? How much did I spend at work? Like stuff like that. It, It really comes back down to balance. So that's what I'm trying to achieve now based off like the things I've like learned. That even comes back to boundaries. That's yeah. it's I tell people, I was like, you'd much rather give a flaky no than a flaky yes. Because if you give a flaky no, like you say no now and then you say yes later, it's like, oh my God, great. Like, yes, come. But if you give a yes now and you're like, oh, but I don't want to do that actually. And you say no later, it just, it breaks that trust in a way with your relationships is they're going to, not want to keep inviting you out because you're not saying yes all the time and actually staying true to your word. At work, it's called under promise and over deliver. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Quote that, tattoo it, pin it up somewhere. (laughs) Uh, And then what are some personal goals you're working towards right now? Whether in your relationships, in yourself, in being a landlord, in this podcast, like hit me with all the goals that you're working towards. Uh, Financially, definitely financial freedom. Um, more investment. Wait, can you talk about your financial freedom, how you want to achieve that? Um, I would like to be retired by 40. Okay. So um, I have two properties now. And I think like the rule of thumb is like once you have five, then your retirement is secured. So it's like establishing a plan or strategy to achieve that in the next couple of years. Uh, one, I definitely want to have like a buy and hold strategy. So like I keep all the properties and I don't like sell anything because there's different avenues. You can do 1031 exchanges. You can sell if you stayed, if you lived in a house for at least two years within the last five, you can sell it and not uh, have to pay capital gains tax. So there's a bunch of different strategies, but I want to stick with it, uh, buy and hold. I got a couple uh, books that I'm reading. I'm involved in like bigger pockets, like the podcast to kind of help me hone in on my strategy and my formula for picking out properties, doing an analysis and uh, finding tenants. Um, so that kind of ties into like being a landlord. Now I'm trying to figure out how to automate everything. Like I just started an app that um, documents the walkout process. It takes pictures, makes note of what I need to repair, and then it'll print everything out. I can just send it over to the tenant and they sign it off. And then I have a list of what all the repairs that I need to make. And it's easy to match up receipts because I've documented everything that needs to be fixed. Let me see. Relationships wise, doing a podcast definitely helps. Going to therapy and reading different books. Um, one I'm reading now is uh, How to Not Die Alone. I think it's the chair of Relationships for Hen. She actually wrote the book. and It's actually pretty good. I'm about 25% done. And um, there's just one thing in there that was pretty cool I read last night. 
is um it's like rule of 37 percent or something like that you go back and because they basically kind of like off interview so like say you have 100 applicants you review the first 37 and then you pick the one that you think is the best out of that 37 percent and the next thing that you find is just as good or better that's what you go with oh. versus like spending all that time and going through all 100 it's kind of like it's a it helps with the paradox of they're losing a choice mm-hmm. so it's like a decision making strategy yeah yeah you gotta limit the decisions in someone's mind yeah that's what i also mentioned in other podcasts is like there's when you're surrounded by too many people too many single people you're like i i don't know who to pick yeah so might as well not pick anyone because yeah. someone better could come along and then you just stay single the and whole she time talk, yeah she talks about she talks about those different kind of like blinds there's three different blind spots i'm not going to give away the whole book but she talks about each one and how to kind of like fix those if it makes sense but it's, it's a pretty good book mm-hmm. okay so financial goals relationship goals what else um growing my podcast definitely getting to like a thousand subscribers is a goal figuring out what content i want to produce i know it's called what men here but I'm, i feel like i'm growing into the name because i mean we talk about relationships here and there but it's mostly like highlighting what's unique about the guests I've talked to my therapist about his practice. I've had realtors come on. Uh, Julia, she, she came on and talked about real estate. I've had just a, a plethora of different types of people come on. And that's the stuff that I like doing. But I can tie it back to relationships and dating. But What will having a thousand subscribers on your podcast do for you? I can monetize it. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's part of the whole financial freedom. Yeah. Like, Plan. It all kind of comes back to that. I think that's what a lot of people want. Just yeah. financial freedom. You don't want to be strapped to your nine to five. You want yeah. to be able to go explore everything. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And last question, as I typically mm-hmm. like to end these guest episodes with some golden nuggets of advice, even though this whole episode has been just a lot of golden nuggets of advice, <laughs> but what would you like to tell someone specifically in their 20s who is looking to develop personally while nurturing a healthy and loving relationship? So in other words, if you could go back and talk to, let's say, like the 25-year-old version of yourself, what would you tell him? I would say learn your core values. A lot of these kind of like litmus relationship tests are good. So you know how to vocalize your expectations and how you show up in a relationship, whether that be your love language, your apology language, uh, your Myers-Briggs, all that can play a major role in communicating who you are to somebody else and having an understanding of work, what works best for you. Um, and then the second thing I would say, yeah, definitely compatibility, but having somebody who is growing in the same direction as you and wants the same life outcomes that could be sex, alcohol, parenting, and like plan for in-laws. Cause those are some of the most common things that people argue over according to the Gottmans. So I would say those are, those are two things that I would advise to myself. Oh yeah, those that's some good some good words <laughs> of wisdom there. All right, I love that. Okay, well that's all I have for you for today. But thank you, Kaylin, for coming and being a guest on How to Twenty Something. I loved everything that you had to say today. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, and to those of you listening, if you want to hop over to Kaylin's podcast, What Men Hear, you'll like I said, you'll be able to easily access it in the show notes. Where you'll also see his Instagram, and if you want to reach out or give him a follow, he'll be there. Otherwise, this concludes another episode of How to 20-something. If you liked what you heard, please rate the show, 
share it with a friend or a family member, post it on social media, tag me at coach.justdiamond when you do. If you want to be a guest, there is a place for you to apply to be a guest in the show notes. I will contact you, I promise. But otherwise, I can't wait to be in your headphones again next week with another brand new episode.